lovers, welcome to a sports podcast that ends with a question mark. But it starts with an uncomfortable moment where I refer to you as Bubba's, which actually isn't my fault, and you already know that because it's Thursday, which means I'm not alone, nor am I with Travis, even though he's technically here. I have a guest. I'm spending way too much time getting to the point. Randy Scott's here. Hi. Say it's hi long, or something. Jesus Christ. Long time. I just said <laughs> hi. I just said long. I've been, I have been chasing this podcast down. You have no idea. You have no idea the lengths. That's I've not, gone to. it's not technically true. You, you, let me just explain to our listeners because so far, yes, I have gum in my mouth. I can take it out. <laughs> it's like a sports center anchor is going to call you out on that. You have to take I the did gum not. out of your mouth. No, nah, but you would have, and you would have been right. The point of this podcast was for me to basically introduce my good friends and my friends and people who have like been, I've, I've come into contact with in my career that I've grown to have these relationships with. I wanted people yeah. to see the people that I know and why I love them and not why I know them. You and I aren't, we don't know each other that well, but no, we have an interesting connection. I don't know if we've ever discussed. That was what, what made me when you said, let me come on your podcast real thirsty, real Twitter thirst. It made me go, yeah, he can come on the podcast. Uh Oh, Okay. I vaguely remember Dan telling me that there was somebody at ESPN who said crackle, crackle on <laughs> Sports Center, And uh, and he was like, Randy Scott. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mess with him. And I was like, no way. He didn't say mess. He said with. I don't know sure. why I censored myself. Um, and I was like, no way. And then uh, I started to pay more attention. Yeah. And I was like, yeah, that actually does make sense. Oh, I've got a legit crush on your boyfriend and it is no same it's no same we have that in common it's no it's no knock on um it's no knock on jay the other half of crackle crackle the other half of the bonfire um and it's not really a billions thing either it's just straight like stand up and the voices oh my god and this so this is where like this is where we could peel back the layers of your relationship. Oh, fun. I, this we is could. not what this has ever been before. I'm, oh, I'm into it. Oh, you didn't want to, this wasn't a turn the tables podcast where I started asking <laughs> you questions, but like, I'm curious, I'm curious, like with your relationship, like how much the voices come out, uh, how God. often you are like, Hey, like is Dan here? Can Dan come out and play? <laughs> Can I talk? Can I talk to Dan? This, this is very, very funny that you're asking this because before, uh, the pandemic Pandemi. and granted, we'd only, we don't, the pandemic, we've only, uh, we'd only been dating for a couple months, but we've known each other for, you know, a while. It, it was like always funny when he would do one because he would mm-hmm. never do it. And like, I think something that he must have to deal with a lot is that when people meet him, they're like, Hey, can you do this voice? Hey, do this voice for me. Yeah. And he's very good at them, but I also think and this is just me guessing i'm just gonna write this down for when there I was something him. about him that it, he always seemed kind of hesitant to do it and so like i never wanted to make him do it but i also was like can you just do Pooh bear one more time because it's so funny yes. uh yes but then now since the pandemic he essentially moved in and has been here with me locked in this house unable to hit the road as much as he used to uh <laughs> for a year and now i'm like are we done with the voices can Dan come out, please? Uh, because there's just moments where you're like, you know, uh, you just want to hear from your your significant yeah. other, not yeah. from Macho Man Randy Savage. Oh, God, uh, you're playing the hits right now. Which, so again, I, are they're so good. They're they so are. good. But it's they're, like. 
Cause it's in, and I I don't know if he would ever discuss it or if it's too, cause it's also like, it's like that Seinfeld episode, right? Where like Jerry just wants a massage from his girlfriend who's a masseuse. (laughs) So like, and she doesn't want to bring her work home with him. So maybe Dan's like, actually, I'd really like to talk to you about the situation in Darfur, you know, like maybe he's, Maybe he just wants to get real with you, and you're yeah, just like, no, it's no, yeah, but if no, he, he's if exa- that's poo- why I love him. That's why I, that's why you you liking and appreciating his, um, you know, talents or whatever it is that he has, yeah. to me was enough for me to be like, oh, I can trust him. I can bring him into the circle because Whoa. you don't just. I mean, it's the weird thing about him being on Billions is sometimes you get fans who like him because they think he's like a money guy, and I know him, oh and I'm like, gosh. what? And he's not he's even a money guy on that show. Like he's the an, he's the antithesis. The no, character like, was, I think, essentially written for him because he was friends with Koppelman because they used to do stand-up together. Koppelman he thought, Koppel- he thought Koppelman was like a mechanic. I'm making a podcast telling my boyfriend's stories. This that's is a so terrible cool. audio content. But uh, yes, like that's, he, it means a lot to me that you appreciate him because he's the funniest person I've ever met. He he is the one of the quickest too. Like I, I admire yes. and I'm envious of and I I listen I don't know. I listen to that to that show. So I live I live outside Boston. Like I live in the Boston like Metro West, little west of ninety five. Right? You know. Is it not? Kinda, s- well, I I I wasn't going to tell people that. Oh, sorry. Like, I said it. It's. Can I yeah, give the address? I wasn't gonna, <laughs> we can bleep huh? it. Bleep the town, Travis. So uh, I was going to say the Natick Mall because people know where I that was is. Gonna say like, it's further. It's not a little outside of Boston. Like, don't sound. You sound like me when I went away to college. When I was like, I'm from just outside of Boston. Okay. It's not just out. It's, a long, it's an expensive Uber. What I'm trying, <laughs> but it's also, it's like a buck 40, buck 45 from Bristol. So, mm. you know, I'll listen, like my commute is, I'm up at 1.30 in the morning and I'm on the road at 2.15. And to get caught up on the games that happened while I was asleep, I'm listening to like SportsCenter AM or no, SportsCenter All Night. SportsCenter AM is the show I do. SportsCenter All Night. <laughs> and I'll listen to that for like half an hour. And then it's like, all right, I've got another hour 15 and I'll listen to your podcast. I'll listen to you know, Levitard, I'll listen to Ryan Rossillo. And then if I'm caught up, then it's like, I'll listen to the bonfire. I'll listen to bonfire on the way home. Cause it keeps me awake. Mm-hmm. Like that's the leg that I'm like sleepy on coming home. Really. It's not the yeah. one going there, but he is. All right. This is the last damn thing. He is so fast. He is so quick. He is so generous without, without getting into like improv, which I wasn't really a student of, but like he sets Jay up all the time. Big Jay Okerson, not that he needs help, but like he sets him up, sets him up. And it's, it's just, I don't know. It, I, I, I love it. And he's incredibly talented. He and I, and I, look, I could talk to you about how much, how wonderful he is for three yeah. whole hours, but instead we need to talk about how wonderful you are. Uh, I don't know about that. Um, so can we talk about this last year? You've, you referenced the pandemic and, and one thing one of the many things that I think people, one thing that I got a kick out of like following you on social media and you and I met, like we met at the Levitard thing at, mm-hmm. at the Gramercy and you kind of heckled me like a little bit. I don't want to say mm-hmm. it was overly familiar, but I don't want to say it wasn't. So oh, it was I'm, like, oh, you can say I'm overly familiar. I do that a lot. You, you weren't the heckling was because oh. I don't think the heckling came from a bad place. No, but, I, if I think it's, I have the, it's a flaw of mine. Uh, yeah. If I think we're cool, Sometimes I get there too quick. I'm like a I'm like a golden retriever. I'm like, are we friends? Then we're best friends. And it's a, it's a valid criticism. And I apologize if I said anything that hurt your feelings. You didn't. No, you were like, I, I criticized baby. No, I had a joke. I had a joke because for the for the um for the hack in my day, it is such a lose lose. 
it was, I guess we have to say was now such a lose, lose like proposition. It was like, okay, you go up there, you're intentionally not funny. And that's where the humor is. And you're like, Oh, okay. So if I fail, it's not funny. If I succeed, it's also not funny. And you're like, where do I sign up, Dan? And so, you know, you go on and I made that joke about, which was a joke from when I did stand up. Like I did stand up poorly and very locally in Tampa um, from like 08 to 2010. What a market too. Yeah. There's the Tampa improv. There's side splitters in North Mm. Tampa. Uh, I was at a place called coconuts, which was. Oh my God. The names are so funny. It's like Dan's always talking about a place called Magoobies. I'm like, is that real? (laughs) (laughs) Magoobies. Yeah, it's Magoobies. It's outside Tennessee. It's uh, it's actually in Murfreesboro. Um, But it was, it was, uh, that's another reason I have so much respect for the men and women who do that. Cause like, I mean, the, the life that you have to have and the faith in yourself, like the constant every day betting on yourself to get up there. And I did, I did a, I middled, I middled once for a room that had eight people in it at one table. One what time of day was it? Of eight people. It was seven. I mean, it oh, was, see, that's at least respectable. I've watched people do it at like 1 p.m. And you're oh like, this is, uh, I hurts. And but it's how you got to do it. I got out. They didn't laugh at anything. They didn't laugh at anything I did. And I got out at a, that's what she's, I talked myself into a, that's what oh, she said joke. Boy. And they laughed at that. No. And once I got that laugh, I called it for myself. I was like, yeah, I'm not that's the light. it. I'm not waiting for the cue. Like I'm getting out. That's like so, that line, that Rick and Morty scene. I don't know if you watch Rick and Morty where he's like, I, your booze mean nothing. I've seen what makes you cheer of like, if you're going to oh, laugh at a, if you're oh. going to laugh at a, she, that's what she said joke. Then I don't yeah. want your laughs then, then you because you're not this, funny. This yeah. joke about how, uh, cause that was where you not heckle, but that's where I said um, that I have a Southern grandma who hates my first. So like the first joke was like shock value. Second joke was my grandma hates that she has a cross uh, in every room of her house. And she's one of these people who says, is this where you want to be when Jesus comes back? Which is just a Joe dirt line. And, and I said, no, grandma, I don't want to be somewhere where Jesus's murder weapon is on all your walls. Like, I don't think Jesus wants to, to see that. And then I, you take it that extra step and say like, you don't go to the, you know, fill in the blank museum and see a fill in the blank. And, yep, and, sure. I, and I said, you don't go to the garden and see a statue of Kyrie Irving. And you were like, easy, easy, Rando, <laughs> blah, blah, you know, like basically throwing a bottle of maple syrup at me. Settle down, Rando. Exactly. So, um, so this is where received. I live. So I live out, I live here. And as of, you know, middle of the pandemic, uh, pandemic, like I've, you've been really honest on social media, which is such a broad platform for you. Um, not me and my, dozens of followers, but like, you've been very open about what this has done to you, like mentally. Mm. And I would be lying. And this isn't a you thing. I'd be lying. If I said like, there was a real part of me at the beginning that was like, nah, I got this. This is fine. We get to stay home. We get to this, you know, no, I'm good. I'm good. Like focus on my kids and all this other stuff. But I also, I also like, I got a, like, I got a divorce in the middle of the pandemic. Like I, I, uh, I, you know, had some stuff that was happening pre pandemic that I was trying to make work and trying to, to deal with and wrap my brain around and all that stuff. And it's, it, it, then you're, you, the pandemic hits and you're locked, (laughs) you're quarantined in a house with someone that is suddenly a, a stranger to you. And you're like, 
oh, how is how is this going to work? And um, the and you weren't the only one. I, like Julie uh, Stewart Banks has has been open about it, and I think seeing people talk about it, and I'm noticing as I'm saying this that it's a lot of it's a lot of successful women. It's a lot of like powerful, and I'm I'm not trying to pander or anything, but like it's it's women who I think from the outside looking in, and I would be guilty of this too. Uh, people would look at and say like, she's got everything. She's got a great job. She lives in wherever she wants to live, New York or, or LA or, or wherever it is. Um, and she's got this man in her life who's super talented and loves her and God, they must laugh and you know, whatever else. And for you to be like, no, like it's not, there's this headspace in here. He says, gesturing on a podcast. Um, <laughs> He's pointing at his head. But like, there's this, there's this space where you just, and you cannot, I don't know what, it, I don't even know the right way to, I, I, to me, it was Mike like. Mike Tyson I, said, it's a bad neighborhood up here and you're <laughs> all alone. Okay. And it was like, that's it. Have you seen Ted Lasso? No, because everybody says it's so good and I can't take disappointment at this period in my life. Very fair. Very fair. I I'm going to. I watched it recently and it was, I had built, I was like, it's going to fail. It's not going to meet this bar. It's not going to meet the standard. Like it's going to, it's going to fail these expectations. And like, it didn't meet, you know, God, there's other stuff I would say if we worked for Dan's network perhaps, but like, uh, it didn't meet like, Oh my God, I have to sit here and rip through all of it at once. But there were these little things like he in the show and there's this wow, spoiler alert. Sorry, guys. Sorry. Oh my God. <laughs> I just did that. No, it's okay. Oh, who cares? No, it's, it's like fine. halfway it's through. Fine. It's like it's halfway fine. through the show. Who cares? I'm just kidding. No, it's like halfway through the show. But like, but he, he kind of, you know, kind of, he definitely struggles with it. And there's this, this part where he's like, I, you don't have to, to keep fighting for something that doesn't want to be fought for. And, I said those exact words. I said those exact words over the, over the summer. And there's another part later where he says, you can be, this doesn't give anything away. I'm positive. This doesn't give Mm -hmm. anything away, but he says, you can be, he's like, guys, what's the, he's like, you might think that being the, that, that, that the worst thing in the world is being sad. He goes, but the worst thing in the world is actually being sad and being alone. Mm -hmm. And it's coming from this like relentlessly positive, like, you know, Marty Smith with darker hair, sort of like Southern positive dude who's just constantly there. And, and to hear him say that is true. I mean, that's for me, and I think for so many people over the last year, the alone part, the sudden aloneness, mm-hmm. solitude, aloneness isn't a word, uh, or maybe it is, is I like it. it's, it's, it's jarring. Um, it is. And it's jarring. not a choice. It's forced. It's a forced like yeah. it, removing yourself from society and it's it's not as much of a relief as it as you'd like it to be to know that th- it's not like stuff's happening and you, you can't go nothing's happening but that yeah. doesn't help you feel less alone cuz you are still not able to go and do anything it's it it messes with you in a way i'm a person yeah. that always liked to come home and sit alone and like sit in the dark. When I finish hosting a show, I have to like be alone for an hour in the dark and just recharge because I spit out all that emotion or whatever. And, and so when it started, I was like, hell yeah, two weeks off mandated (laughs) to play video games with the funniest guy on the planet. This is the best. (laughs) It was only two weeks. I forgot. 
Yeah. And then it, two weeks became, you know, a, a month. I got a dog. We got a dog in April and it felt at the time we got it that it was like, well, this things could open up any minute. We better get her now. We, let's not miss our chance. And that was yeah. in April and it's almost April again. Like it yeah. already felt long <laughs> after a month. Yeah. And now it's been a year. And like, yeah. I know it's one of the weird things about talking about being sad when you have a platform and are a celebrity and have a cool boyfriend and a dog and like no real, like I don't have children. I don't have a lot of stuff I've got to worry about. It, one of the weird things about talking about it is you don't want people to think you think that you have it as hard as everybody else. Oh, it's a constant competition. It is. But we saw that I, with that that internship but, discussion this yeah, last week. Yes, like, it, but no, then no. I, I, it, it makes you realize that, like, it, hey, it might actually make somebody who has it a lot worse than I do feel better to know that I also am struggling because it's yeah. like some of this stuff isn't money stuff or economy stuff or like literally feeding like physical stuff. It's mental stuff of like. Why am I here? What do I spend my time doing? Am I spending my time and energy on things that in my head are the things that I should? Or are they yeah. just the things that are I'm being handed and I'm supposed to, I just think I'm supposed to do them? Am I being mindful? All those words you hate hearing when you actually <laughs> listen to them, you're like, am I being mindful in my decisions? And then you're like, mindful sounds exhausting. But I mean, it's, I've had nothing but a year to, th I am grateful that I've been, I'm in the position I'm in that I could really spend this year figuring out some stuff that I think would have messed me up in the future. I think if I hadn't caught some of the things I've noticed hmm. about myself during this pandemic, yeah. they would have come back to bite me in the ass. And yeah. so I'm, I'm grateful for that. It wasn't fun to deal with and it sucked, but I try to find yeah. little moments where I'm like, oh, that's good. Yeah. But a, a, a divorce in a pandemic is, it, and you were working at this point or were you still at home? So, so the, the timeline is like, I found out about some stuff in November of 2019 and I lost 30 pounds in about four weeks. Man. And I've obviously gained some of that back. Uh, no, but I lost 30 pounds in, in four weeks and worked through it. Cause I mean, there was no, there was no, you know, pandemic at the time, obviously. And it was like work was an escape. It was to get out of that house and to, you know, have something else to focus on. And, and then it was gone. Know, and then it's gone. Right. Oh so then it's gone. So then it's gone. And like, it didn't, it wasn't obviously a situation that got any better in this, in the time of like figuring out what was going on and then getting to, to the pandemic part. Um, like there was a vacation. There was a vacation to Disney World that we booked, uh, that I booked, you know, before everything. And um, and it was the last weekend in February. And oh my god. I would be lying. I mean, I'm I'm I was some I am still and I'm I I I've learned this about myself, right? Like you like you just mentioned about you, but like I'm not going to just stop um hoping for yeah. Things. And there, and I'm, and I'm reminded of this like Louis C.K. line, which I don't know. Yeah, if we're you're, to... You don't have to absolve yourself of his crimes. Go Thank, ahead. Okay. Okay. Well, good. Cause there's a Bill Cosby reference coming. Okay. Um, that's but, now you're pushing it. Well, hold on. So uh, the Louis C.K. <laughs> line was like, what, you know, maybe something he's quoting somebody else is like, maybe something good will happen. He's like, why, why would anything good ever happen? And I don't want to be that 
for so many different reasons. I don't want to be Louis CK. Um, nice. but, at the, but at the time I, I looked at this Disney, Disney world trip as like, this is going to save, this is going to save things. Yeah. Like, it's tough not to put your eggs you know? in baskets. You don't want to hold yeah. all those eggs in your hands. A lot of oh, eggs. Got it. Who wants eggs? Bleep Nobody. Eggs. Um, and, you know, you got three kids, uh, Three. Seven, I thought two. You got three of them. Seven and under, man. Yeah. Damn, at the time was, Randy, you've um, had a tough pandemic, man. <laughs> uh, and it's it's really hard to, um. So I, they obviously it didn't. It wasn't the hail mary that I hoped it would be. And then the pandemic hits, and um, you know, a month into it, you're filing to do what you do and and get mm. a divorce. And then, but then you're stuck because it's a pandemic. And how do you sell a house? in a pandemic, we eventually did. Um, how do you buy a house in a pandemic very quickly around here in mm. the Boston near suburbs? In the, in the bo- 30 um, minutes outside of Boston. 30 is, you know, I don't know how you drive, but yeah, like 30 <laughs> could probably, I mean, like, you know, get by exit 17 on the pike, you're good. So, um, so you do all that and you constantly have these like benchmarks, right? You have these mile markers, literal and figurative where you're like, it's just something to focus on without looking at yourself and without being like, you're not okay. <laughs> like you're not, you're not good. Uh, and then eventually you get to a point where you have a panic attack man, during half of the week where you have your kids man. and there's no one, there's no one in the other half of the bed man. and there's no one you can call Be- and you can't get your kids out of bed because everybody's asleep. And then, and that feels like bottom, right? Like that feels like you're just kind of, that's, that was the analogy that I would use is from the beginning of all my stuff and then the pandemic and then whatever else is like, I just got to find the bottom of the pool. If I can mm. find the bottom of the pool, I can push up yeah. and I can get to the, get, start heading back to the, to the, to the surface. And the more I learned about what was going on in my life, in my house, I couldn't find the bottom of the pool and then the pandemic hits and it's like, surprise, there's a sub pool. There's a pool underneath the pool. Now your pool is inside gotcha. of another pool, you know, and you're just looking for these air oh, bubbles to, to pop around like, like Sonic and, and, uh, and, and so you, so panic attack plus then you, this is the Bill Cosby reference. I'll pay that. I'll pay that off. All right. You know, <laughs> you know, ghost dad. Ghost Do you remember the dad. movie ghost dad? No, yes and no is Sinbad in it. I want to say probably, but yeah, no. right. I'm guessing no. <laughs> it was in that era. It was in his sure, wheelhouse. Sure, sure. But I what's don't. Go, what's the elevator pitch of Ghost Dad? Ghost Dad. Bill Cosby plays a dad who dies, uh-huh. and but he, there's some loophole in the uh, in the afterlife or the on the way to afterlife where he can stay if something happens. But the farther that goal becomes. Mm. the more he disappears literally on screen. He okay. like fades away. This and is nineties, eighties all over it. It won a bunch of awards. You'd be surprised. Um, it did. Yeah. Tons, tons. Mm. Um, but that was my thing uh, was when I, when, you know, sold the house, bought two houses, um, got through the summer school starts and everybody's, you know, it's virtual school. So I'm <clears throat> running a, a kindergarten and a second grade. And then I've got a, a two-year-old, three-year-old running around. He was not like, he's not going to be like, Oh, Papa, you're uh, <laughs> teaching kindergarten in, in second grade. I shall busy myself with this. It's yes, more like, no. it's more like him coming up and tugging on and being like, I've pooped somewhere in this house. It is up to you to find it. <laughs> <laughs> and me being like, yes, well played little one. Um, and realizing 
once your new normal settles in and uh, realizing, so for me, um, so I'm, <laughs> I'm the son of a, a naval fighter pilot. That was mm. my, that was my dad. So he's top gun in Naval Academy with Roger Staubach. Um, he was a fighter pilot. He was top gun. He was a blue. Roger angel. Staubach is the nicest, one of the nicest people I've ever met, by the way, he is, Him and his wife are the sweetest. He's, he's one of the, one of now he used to be the, but like, isn't he the richest athlete ever? Ooh, I didn't know that, but I believe it. Like in terms of, in terms of non-endorsed, maybe it's. Uh, it sounds like sports center. Shit, so I wouldn't well, know. But. Cause he ran like commercial real estate companies, like for decades and just kept killing it. But he carried his wife's purse around Israel when I <laughs> went with him. That's, did you, is that just, was that just <laughs> a name a drop? Was that a yeah, name drop Mad Libs that you just I, look, did? Look, it was a trip that when they asked me, NFL Films Presents, was I was hosting it at the time, they asked me to go on it. I looked at the paper and I was like, this, no one's going to believe I went on this unless we film it. So sure, I'll totally go. <laughs> uh, but anyway, your father. Yeah. No, 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 no. I'm, I'm going back to the Mad Libs where it's like, I need a noun. I need a noun. Purse. <laughs> purse. Okay, give me a person. Staubach. That's right. Got that's it. right. Got it. Where are give we? Israel. 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 Nailed it. Mm-hmm. Um, so I need a verb, kibitzing, kibitzing. <laughs> Got it. Um, so, uh, so um, and my mom was a, a flight attendant and um, was hilarious, uh, was uh, just the best, absolutely the best. And, um, but they were very like goal driven people and mm-hmm. they wanted their kids to be that way. And uh my dad was like, when I was 16, he's like, good news. I got you an appointment with a congressman to go to the Naval Academy. And I was like, better news for all involved. I'm not going to do that because I bruise like a peach and I don't <laughs> take instruction well. And he was, this is like news to him. And so um, that was one of the only times I think I ever really like disappointed him, but he instilled in me this, like, it's going to sound hippy dippy and that's not what I mean for it to be. But like, I, I could always, I could always see things. Um, I could always like uh, visualize stuff. I knew um, where I wanted to go to school when I was 12. Well, like where I want to go to college. Yeah. And, and I knew why in my I uncle, still don't. And I've graduated <laughs> a long time ago. Sick brag, Nolan. Um, my, my uncle went there. So I, I, it was like one of the only colleges I'd been to. Like I'd been to like GW and DC. I'd been to BC. Like I, I, but when I picture college, I pictured this place and I was like, all right, I'm going to go. That's where I want to go. And then, Oh, you know, my ankle injuries and severe limited athleticism. Like I'm not going to be an athlete. Well, I want to be around sports. So, Oh, they have a good journalism school. So it was like, cool. I want to go there. I could see myself going there. Um, and I knew what I had to do to get there. And I, and I got in and it was Mm. like, check the box. Right. And then it was like, well, I knew I want to be on TV doing sports. So I could see that first job and it was in Lawton, Oklahoma. And I knew it was going to be small and it was going to be middle of nowhere. And it was gonna be my first time, like away from home outside of college, but I did it and I knew what it looked like and I got it. And then it was like, I knew how to get to ESPN. I didn't know if I would, Mm. but I knew that's where I wanted to work. And, and I knew, you know, go from there to Georgia, to Fort Myers, to Nesson, to ESPN. And it's not as easy as it sounds. It was a lot more fun than I made it sound, but it was, um, I knew how to do it and I could, I could see it. Like I could, yeah, you, I could you get a map. Yeah. Yeah. I could see it. And the whole time, and I mean, from maybe high school on, but the whole time it was like, I knew 
I wanted to have a family. I knew I wanted to get married. I knew I wanted kids. And it turns out like I'm, I'm in the house that I grew up in. I'm one of three, you know, boy bookends, girl in the middle. And that's, that's what I have. Um, that was, that's all luck, (laughs) but, um, but I knew what I wanted and I knew how to, and I could visualize it is the most important thing. And, and I, and I got it and I got to have the most important part of that for, you know, we were married 10 years and, wow. um, almost 11 and got to have three beautiful kids and, and, um, and they're great. Like they're doing great. They ask some questions and, you know, you try to be not try to be like you are diplomatic. Cause the oldest is eight. He doesn't need to know about any of the details of anything, but like, you know, just, but he's curious. He's a son of two reporters. So he asks questions. He follows up <laughs> at the age when kids, the only question they know to ask over and over is why. And you've got to explain this is tough, but that's it though. Like, why, why are we doing this? Why are we in two houses when I'm in the second grade? And you're like, okay. Mm-hmm. And you try to answer it as, mm-hmm. you know, fairly as, as possible. But at some point after the panic attack, uh, I found a new bottom of the pool and it was, um, I couldn't, I couldn't see anything anymore. I couldn't, um, I couldn't see like the stuff that I, it's, you know, nobody gets married to get divorced. Right. So you, uh, visualize like a wraparound porch on your 50th wedding anniversary and you're, you're, you know, uh, 23 and me laid out in front of you. Right. Like you want all your kids and your grandkids and your, great gang, great grandkids. And, uh, so it's not just that that was gone and it's not just that, um, you know, graduations together and stuff around the kids is gone. It's that like, I couldn't see, I couldn't see like next year for me. I couldn't, I, it was like, I was ghost dadded out of the picture, which is there. There's the Bill Cosby payoff, but it was like, it was like, I wasn't, it was like someone I could see the thing I used to be able to visualize and it, which is a goal or a dream or whatever you want to say, I, I could see it, but I've been scrubbed out of it. Yeah. And, um, and that was, that was like scary. scary. The panic attack was physically scary, mm-hmm. but that part was like, this is what depression is. Mm-hmm. This is it. This is all this silent judgment that you've had of people who have, you know, vented about it or had panic attacks, you know, athletes that we do stories on who, you know, couldn't, handle it or couldn't, whatever it is, however you framed it in this jocular toxic masculinity kind of way. And that I was for sure guilty of, um, I'm suddenly in this spot where like, I was kind of scared about what that meant. Yeah. And then you start looking at help and looking at help. And, uh, you that realize, can be overwhelming. Oh my God. <laughs> that part's oh, hard. That part, oh that God. step is so hard. And it's especially mm. hard for people that don't realize yet or don't know yet that they might have executive dysfunction, which is a lot of a, it's a symptom of a mental illness that a lot of people have. It's part of my ADD is like the ability to do like have a task and then do the task and then move on to the next task is like, yeah. that is a like running a marathon for me. And so finding <laughs> a doctor that I'm going to trust to tell my whole life to is like, yeah. well, hold on, let me get all the doctors in, in network. Then I got to go to the ones out of network, find them all, compare cross reference. And then I'm lost in the work and I'm not getting a therapist. Like yeah. the step of actually doing it sucks and is hard. 
it's paralysis by possibility, right? That's paralysis right. by options. And it is, and it's, uh, and meanwhile, the clock is ticking, right? Like, you know, yeah. you need, you know, you need somebody, but I also was worried about it being held against me because you were still in this mm-hmm. bitter, you know, Man, custody I've never thing. even thought about that. And, and it's crazy to have to, does that hurt to have to consider that about a person yeah. that not yeah. that long ago, you were like, they wouldn't do that. Yeah. It's realistic, I well, guess. Whole, and you I, have to think of it that way, but that's got to really mess you up. It, but yeah, it's a, it's a continued, um, it's like a continued, uh, breach of marital vows, I guess, or, and I'm not saying that she would have, I, I want to be clear about that. I don't know that she would have, but I, I had to think totally. like that. just as quickly as I knew I needed to talk to somebody. I also knew like, okay. Cause one of the first couple of questions is like, have you ever thought of self-harm? Have you ever mm-hmm. contemplated suicide? Have you ever this? And I can answer that negatively and truthfully. So, and I, and there was like a loss of um, like judgment. I, I think on my part, cause I was like, well, this is welcome. how people, this we're how happy people get that here. you're here. Well, I mean, <laughs> it in took- terms of the empathy, <laughs> not in terms of your suffering, we're happy. You can yeah. finally understand us as opposed yeah. to, we're not happy that you have to be here. It's not a fun club yeah. to be in. I wouldn't be able to like laugh about it or I don't know. I don't know. I think I laugh about it by default. Like, hi, I make, sarcastic comments yeah. and jokes about things when they get uncomfortable. Um, but work was very, work is still very helpful, like very, very helpful. I had to have conversations with people oh, way above my pay people who control my future at ESPN. And I had to be like, Hey, like this, just so you don't hear from someone else. Like this is what's going on with, with me right now. I need to, you know, show the court fill in the blank. I need to show them, this, this, or this. And you build the, you build up these conversations and build up these people, quite frankly, is like, they're in that office, they're on that floor. Like they'll never understand. They'll never. And I mean, to a, to a man and to a woman, they were all like, either I have kids or I've been married or I can't imagine this, or I can't imagine that. And they're like, whatever you need. Yeah. And, and they would have said that before the pandemic. And they would have said that to, um, to anybody, I think who came with their literal and emotional hat in their hand, they would have been like, yeah, like we, we, we can do that. And it I was never asking not to work. I was asking like to show um, a certain form or a, a consistency in, in schedule or, you know, something pretty, pretty something boring uh, that you needed because courts told you you had to check a box that really didn't yeah. mean anything, but you had yeah, to do it. Anyway. Yeah. But, but work was such a, and the show that we're on in the morning, I know you, maybe have you guys have heard of it. It's called sports center. Well, never heard of it. Um, mm. And judging by the numbers you have, yeah, uh, they, they, uh, um, and you felt this way with your shows and I, and I, you know, talking to people who know you and, um, doing my own homework for this podcast. Um, no, they, you, you facilitate like a family environment with your shows and that for our show, for the show that I'm on again, if you want to say the title, it's totally fine. I won't stop you, but they, um, with the hour that we're on, especially like you're going to be in a, show pod in bristol with men and women walking around with the rocketeer um janitorial service packs you know <laughs> the one like where where you wear the um the the vacuum, vacuum cleaner. whatever else yeah like mm-hmm. with all that going on while you're banging out scripts like if you're gonna be in that at that hour of the morning with people like they have to be decent 
and or else you're going to weed out the jerks pretty pretty easily and you know the day after i found out what was going on like i hadn't slept and then the day after that i hadn't slept and i hadn't eaten anything and something that perpetuated itself for like four weeks um they were like hey we just want to make sure you're not sick and i was like no i'm not sick and they said and it's just process of elimination like everything okay no <laughs> uh, are you is there is it is it work or is it home home and they're like your kids okay yeah kids are great and so then they, then they know and they're like yeah. all right and we started having um tuesday night zooms with our our coordinating producers our line producers our segment producers our graphics folks like it was our show group and we would after everybody's kids went to bed or if they didn't have kids you know aim for like nine o'clock and we'd have drinks and we'd catch up because we would have these like week on week off things while the pandemic was like wreaking havoc on the sports schedule when everything yeah. was shut down. And I don't know too many show groups that were doing that. Like you and Ashley probably did it. Obviously you and Travis did it. Um, do we have a laugh track that we could drop? Mm-mm. No, got it. I like it. When, I like to let them just hang there in the air. I'll just press on. Um, but so people would do it individually, I'm sure. Um, but we did it as like a show group and we'd laugh and talk about everything but the fact that one of their own was getting a divorce. Mm. And then invariably at the, at the end, it would be like, Hey man, you doing okay. And be like, yeah, you know, there's this, this, and this like, All right here. If you need anything. And the, the idea of um, reaching out versus reaching in is something that I've learned over the last year where people aren't going to reach out when they need help all the time. They're not totally. going to feel totally. like they're, they're going to feel like they're burdening you. They're going to feel like, God, here comes Randy. And all he wants to talk about is fill in the blank. And you, you, and I internalize that as yeah. like a, I don't know. I don't know what astrological sign it is to where you're always worried about, am I annoying this person? Am I this? Am I, you know, are they having a good time? It's like constant host mode. And, and, and the, the people who reached, reached in and offered stuff, not just like, Hey, if you need anything, whatever you need, if they were like, yo, my cousin is a this, my brother is that, like, I can put you in touch. I already did mm-hmm. put you in touch. That sort of stuff, I could never thank those people enough. I had a conversation on New Year's Eve at 10 p.m. with my lawyer, a guy I've met in person one time. Um, that was one of the greatest conversations of my life because I had reached a point where I just was like, I messed up. Something went wrong. It was, um, I have a work phone that I guess I had given him the number to, but I haven't, don't know if you've noticed, haven't been working much. And so I was kind of just letting that phone die because carrying two phones around your home makes you feel like a real loser when you never leave. And you're like, I I don't definitely don't. I don't don't think it's the two phones. I think it's that you clip them to your belt. It's and well, that's you know, that's personal. where they're the most comfortable for me so that I can mm. use my hands to do stuff like this that our audio <laughs> listeners can't hear. But anyway, uh, so I just let that phone die thinking like, oh, well, I've already told everybody at ESPN my other number. And then yeah. I, I turned it on because it was New Year's and I was checking something and I had a text from my lawyer that was like, we need to respond to this thing. It's, it has to do with an ex-boyfriend. It's very stupid and not worth getting into. But I was like, I had this panic attack where I was like, oh my God, this is from three weeks ago. And he was saying I need to respond to something with a court. So I like called yeah. him and I, I freaked out. It was New Year's Eve. And I was like, I, I messed up. What do I do? And he was like, 
Katie, hold on one sec. He like put me on speakerphone with his wife. And she was like, I've heard so much about you. What a cool <laughs> career you have. And happy New Year's to you. And he was yeah. like, Katie, take a deep breath. Everything is under control. You are in good hands. I knew, I know you. I know you don't ignore me. Like he said, yeah. all these, and I was sobbing. And I was like, you're the nicest person I've ever <laughs> met. And he was like, you need to just trust that the good people you have are going to be good to you. And I was mm. like, yeah, yeah, that sounds nice. That sounds really, really, really nice. And I can see how for you, that might be something your brain started to question. You're like, but wait, I yeah. thought I had the good people who were going to be there for me. And then having that reinforced by your work family is, yeah. you know, is, is huge. And they don't, I think a lot of people think in order to check in on your friends who might not be doing well, you have to literally know what to say to make them feel better. It's like sometimes you just have to know what they like and then ask them about that because they don't mm -hmm. want to talk to you about how it's going with a divorce lawyer, but they would yeah. like to talk about, you know, a comedian who has since been accused of something awful because you brought up two of them. I brought up two. Podcast. That's clearly cool. something you're a big fan of. Who else can we bring up? No, like, it's not. Um, no, like no. a current. There's a current one. There may be. Oh, God, no, that's not that. Don't, Please, God, not that. Don't that's bring up cute. that one. Uh, this past weekend, I got to live out a country song, like Ooh. a lame country song, like an old country song. Um, and this kind of made me laugh. This is where I was like, all right, like I'm even I can re recognize how ridiculous this is. So we had to um, <laughs> there was like a deadline on Friday for some procedural thing with court, as you said, and. It didn't get, it didn't get done in time. Whatever it was, I was driving home from doing sports center AM on, um, on uh, Saturday morning and <laughs> I had to sign my papers. I had to sign like my divorce papers, but I had to do it in the state of Massachusetts. I had to do it in the state. Oh God, these rules are so dumb, especially during a pandemic. What well, a stupid. Got to do it on Massachusetts soil. Sure. As if that means something. Otherwise, and I had to do it in front of a notary. That's what it was. I had to, I had to meet with a notary on a Saturday. What is a notary anyway? Can anyone the, become one? No, you have to be the best person. If you are uh, the best person. Oh, that explains you know, it. All right. Trustworthy. Yeah. Uh, work at a, a CVS or something. That's <laughs> <laughs> I feel like it's always like, oh, my friend's mom is a notary. Or like, oh, I have to go to a checks cashed place so I can get a thing notarized. Yeah. Notaries I don't often, understand the job. Notaries often work in troubled places. Yeah. Uh, now that you mention it, it's like, hmm. where do I meet this notary? You're like, well, it's Florida zoning, liquor store, checks cash, right. notary. Right. Um, I had to... I couldn't do it over Zoom. I had to do it in the state of Massachusetts. So I arranged, I arranged to do it on the way home. Uh, do you know Sturbridge? Where mm -hmm. you're coming up 84? Mm -hmm. So not quite to like the Butter Churner field trip Sturbridge. Sure. Yeah. A little bit seedier than that. Right off the highway, exit one, like it's raining. So it's rest stop. I was going to say that McDonald's rest stop is there. Right. It's not quite Charlton. Not quite Charlton. Uh, Charlton's one I'm thinking of. Okay. This is not boring, but keep going. It is. It's super great. I like story with a good middle. It's um, so it's raining. It's highway adjacent and I'm signing divorce papers out of, you know, the rain in, in masks in a pandemic. Mm. And I am realizing that 15 years like of my life have been reduced to about 15 pages. Damn. Right. And you're, and so I'm like, well, this song writes itself. Like I got in the car and I, and here's a name drop. I got in the car and I texted Jason Fitz and I was like, dude, 
whenever you're ready to get back into that space again, like, <laughs> I have, I've got material to write music with you. <laughs> I have something for you. Oh um, man. So, but look, Hey, yeah. if I may, you're I, don't, don't be so hard on yourself. 15 years of your life is not reduced to 15 pages. It's reduced, if anything, to three beautiful children. Oh, you have yeah. that. You have yeah. memories. You have things you've learned. Every experience is, I mean, they're not all great, but they're something. There's a reason no, no. there. There's a, there's, you've, you've learned things. You've grown as a person. Yeah. No, there's, Back that's all that is true. I can't, um, I, I wouldn't, uh, man, that's another Ted Lasso thing. Like you wouldn't change it like I, I i think it was supposed to happen um i'm not the most you know religious guy in the world but like i think um it was supposed to happen and if it was supposed to end like like it did okay um it'll teach me something i i guess moving forward it's just to now be like all right three kids and that's a lot of baggage. That's a lot of baggage to get back out there. You yeah. don't have to, you don't have to have all the answers. You strike yeah. me as a person yeah. who's always had the answers. And so you kind of hold yourself to that standard where yeah. you're like, well, I need to hit the bottom of the pool so I can push back off. Yeah. You're completely yeah. discounting the fact that you've amassed a small village of people who care about you, who are happy to help pull you up instead of pushing. If you'll reach out to them oh, in a way, the in a metaphorical way of like you, you've, you no one person can know the answer to everything. You beat yeah. yourself up that you can't visualize things anymore. I think you can, you just don't, you, you don't have a person that you can echo it off of who can be like, yeah, you're going the right way. Keep going. You, you yeah. just lost that, but you still have, you're still you. Yeah. Still, I mean, and also you're talking to a person who, when you were describing your career and how you always knew where you were going to go to college and then you knew what you were going to study and you knew where you <laughs> wanted to end up and how to get there. I could not be the more opposite. I, I could, could not be more opposite because, yeah. and, and there's gotta be something to, the fact that like you were soothed by something I said at a bad time in your life, I may, because I did it differently than you, I don't know, maybe I can be, the things I've learned from Dan are like, well, I never would have learned that lesson because I didn't have trauma when I was young. I didn't lose a parent when I was young. Yeah. Now I can learn like, oh my God, what a valuable life lesson that I can learn without the awful pain that you've had to carry. No. But I can help take some of your pain away because now I can replace it with love and I can take care of you. Yeah. Like, there is something to that, that you knew exactly how to get here and you got here and now you're like, Sh and yeah. I, uh, I had a moment where I was like Sh recently with being here and like what this all meant for my life. But I also had this person who was like, look, you are, you're good. You did, you did it. Yeah. And now you got to just take care of yourself so that you can keep doing it. Yeah. And, and that it's, well, that's the, the self, somebody I had, saw this recently. It was like self-care isn't selfish or something like that. And I, if anybody needs like, God, if anybody needs permission to take care of themselves, like mentally or otherwise, like this last year should have wiped that thought away. Mm -hmm. Like, I mean, I just think, um, I think there's been so much thrown at us and I use that term us. Like, I mean, anybody, anybody in this country or other countries where there have been some really interesting, uh, Man, how do I put this? Collective uh, traumas. Yeah, collective traumas. Uh, <laughs> preparedness has been tested. Uh, mm -hmm. Execution of 
This is help. really good watching you tow this company. God, line. execution of helping really people has been nice. tested. Like it's been, okay. it's, it's been, um, it's been a learning experience for everyone. I think at all really levels. Really good, really strong stuff. A plus. That's Sports Center AM. Yeah, and uh, and I think the fact that that if there is anything in your life short of like self harm, and I mean that, and you know, I don't know, hard drugs or whatever else, like if there's anything that people can do to take care of themselves and get them either from day to day or week to week or month to month. Um, or March to March through this pandemic, like Ugh. that's, that's what you have to do. And, and you shouldn't feel, God, you shouldn't feel bad about it. And I, I've had three kids to focus my energy on, and that's been really helpful. And then and I've had like three or four video games to focus my energy on. So that's also <laughs> been very, very helpful. Thank you to those video games. You never tweet about it. Um, so I think, uh, yeah, I think that's, that's been super helpful, but I also think like there are probably guys, you know, some of our, are you friends with, like, are you friends with PFT and, and Big Cat? We are friendly, yes, and I consider them friends we haven't spoken in a while. Okay, okay. Well, I one thing that they have waded into is that whole, like, sad boy season or sad boy <laughs> whatever. And mm. I guarantee that there is a portion of that audience, there's a portion of the Sports Center audience, there's a portion of your audience that feels like they can't, they're almost not allowed to feel how they feel mm-hmm. and they're not allowed to be sad. And if they are, they're not allowed to express it. They're not allowed to seek help. If they are feeling sad, they're not allowed to fill in the blank. And it is just the most dangerous echo chamber. And I say that mm-hmm. as someone who finds myself in it still, and I will probably for a while, but like you, you have to like, and I, I, am I wrong in saying it's probably more guys than, than women who feel like they can't, I mean, my experience with it is all, what is it? Empirical as opposed to statistic. I don't know the right words, but I would say like situationally I've, I would say that feels right, but I'm, I I don't know if I should say that it is because I don't know the numbers, but yeah, I mean, especially we work in sports. So we're always interacting with toxic masculinity on a constant basis. And it's also very difficult when it intersects like the, the toxic masculinity of the actual sport intersects with like real life stuff yeah. and you have to figure out a way to talk about it. And it's like, Oh, it's yeah. always been, it's tough, man. Yeah. It's a tough thing. And it's, it, I also think that phrase is one of the other phrases that's being added into this list of words that make people go like, Oh, you're a certain type of way. I don't listen to you. If you say words yeah. like toxic masculinity and it's like, yeah. I'm not saying all masculinity is tough. I is, yeah. is toxic. I am a straight woman. So clearly there's stuff about masculinity I'm into, but there is a, there is a line where it's like, I just want boys to know they can be sad sometimes. I just want guys to know they can be scared sometimes because I know if I went through my life with, with a fear of my fear, I never would have grown as a person. Like if I had, if I was afraid of being sad and feeling as sad as I was all the time, constantly because depression runs in my family like that would have done some real damage to me and so like talking about toxic masculinity and I know you know this I sound like I'm yelling at you I'm not I'm yelling through you I like it's a it's about relieving men of a burden that they shouldn't have to carry more so than it is telling them that what they're doing is bad and wrong yeah no that's that is exactly it that they don't have to shoulder it that we don't have to shoulder it no you're right as as a sorry when you said the part about 
there's something about masculinity. Like, yeah, that's the Randy Macho Man voice. Like, that's where that can come in. <laughs> yeah, when but, Dan talks to me like that, I'm sorry. It really, what's mm. the uh, what's the positive of grinds my gears? It really gets mm. my goose or whatever old people say. That's, that yeah, old people often think like that. Um, no, I think, but you also need to balance Macho Man with mm. Winnie the Pooh. And I appreciate you That's asking. Right. You asked at the top of the show, do I do any voices? And Winnie the Pooh is one I that I do. That. I didn't ask you that. I haven't asked you a single question, to be honest. For my kids uh, okay. a lot. Let's and hear so, it. Oh, oh, bother. I rather like, I rather like to talk about feelings. Um, so I do. That <laughs> so I reacted silently because I didn't want to throw you off. That was no. so good. That's the one that I do with my kids all the time. because they, That was really, Winnie really good. Winnie the Pooh fans. But, um, but that's. Yeah, I, I, I think uh, I wasn't trying to chase you down for this. Originally, I was trying to be like, oh, really? We're just inviting people on a podcast now. All right, cool. And, you don't have to lie. And you were and you were like, no, I'm going to talk to Jacoby for the eighth time. I was like, no, no, no. People want that. That's good. That's what It was the want. first time. Was it? Dick. Was it? That was um, technically the second, but the first was like three years ago. I've been at this company for a lot longer than I realized. That was a wake-up moment I had I, during this pandemic. I was like, oh, yeah. no, no, that contract's up. Would you look at that? <laughs> I thought I had a couple years left on that old thing. You want to talk about towing a line or walking a minefield or whatever that was mm-hmm. a moment ago when I was talking about the response to the pandemic. Um, you, with you, with Ashley in that podcast, was... Mm. That was from pretty much the beginning to the end. That was like, mm-hmm. she gonna? Nope, nope, nope. It was like, look, um, my philosophy since this all happened, where I've arrived at, and it'll change, I'm sure. But like, I am gonna be. I, I try my best to just be as honest as possible, in and not hurtful. Like, yeah. I'm not apologizing anymore for not liking like a thing I was uh, worried that I was going to be too hyped up about when I came on this podcast because I was getting in a thing on the Internet about it. I, it was this, it was something about uh, Joe Rogan. And I was like, normally I would get so like, blah, 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 blah. And I'm like, look, I'm allowed to not like things I don't like. Yeah. I'm not trying to tell everybody else they don't have to like it. Here are my reasons. I hope you have a good day. Like I, I'm yeah. just in this new place where I'm like, it, there's so much lying about trying to communicate a certain thing to a certain group. And it's just like, what do I think? Here's what I think. And then if you don't like (laughs) it, tell me what you think, but don't talk about what I talk about what you think. And then we can friggin' get somewhere. We're all just yelling at each other about so much stuff. Yeah. You, you operate at a frequency or in a circle or whatever, however you want to phrase it on, on Twitter specifically, because that's where I spend the majority of my time social media wise. But like, you know, I saw it today. You responded to Michael Moore and I know now you're going to get me in trouble because I probably wasn't supposed to. And I no. thought about it. I thought no, about it, was, it. It wasn't a judgmental. It. You didn't violate a policy in doing that. You, you weighed in on the internship thing and that wasn't a reply, but that was like a, a thought where you're like, Hey, uh, updating or changing a flawed system doesn't invalidate your struggle to the success that you've achieved. And mm-hmm. I'm, I'm, I'm oversimplifying it, but I was like, yeah, that that's it. Like that's, that's the point here. This, romanticism of, and I'm using that just as the issue, but this romanticism of like the way that someone got their job. Like, I don't know about you. Do you get hit up all the time about, God, I'm realizing the hypocrisy here, about going on someone's podcast, A, Mm. uh, giving advice to someone, you know, a contact, a friend's nephew, niece, daughter, son, whatever, like looking to get into the business, asked to maybe speak to an elementary school, 
uh, middle oh, school, so high funny school. Hearing the different uh, asks that we get because well, I, I'm just assuming because you like you're foot picks. I'm sure you get people. No, asking God, no, I mean, I, we're not going to get into those asks. Those don't count. Um, I, but like I've had like uh, women's women in sports conferences, college classes, but I've never been asked to speak to an elementary school. And that's probably for the best. And I've never <laughs> been asked to give like a niece or a nephew uh, any career advice. And that's again, yeah. probably for the best. I think people look at where I got and they're like, it's cool. You got there. We don't know if you're going to make this last for very long, which I'll show them. I got it. It's under control (laughs) now. But like for you, it's like, you're a sports set. Like my dad, my brother, like sports center was it in our house. And I didn't like it because it, I didn't not like it, but it wasn't as for me as I wanted it to be like, I loved sports, but I was like, I can't keep up with how fast they're saying numbers. This show doesn't get to the top 10. I just want to see the top 10. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Cause I, it just, I couldn't, I didn't think I didn't process or experience sports that way. Was that a representation thing though? And I'm legitimately asking because uh, it could have been when you were watching it, it was probably Stuart Scott and Rich Eisen and, and SVP and Dan Patrick and Keith Olbermann. Well, and you're naming my now five of my closest friends. I mean, well, no, but you know what I mean? Like, it's not. No, it actually cause was kind of crazy. You just named those names. I'm like, met him, like him, met him. Okay, met him, yeah. like him, except well, Stu. I've, I've had it in, in my house where my daughter's now six and is the one who sat in her old house in the kitchen watching Sports Center, And she was like, she, she said it. She goes, she looks like me. And she, mm. and she was talking about L Duncan and there's I was going to say, little, I hope she saw L Duncan. There's a little difference. You what know, a lady. Yeah, yeah. Moderate difference, but she doesn't, it's okay. That's what's so cool about that generation is like they don't see that they don't I know. and and it's funny because even that is like a that's something you have to be careful about. I say that as a guy with this face, this this white um, the phrase he's referring to but doesn't want to say out loud is they don't see color. But he also understands that saying that sounds like a person that says it and is doesn't mean it. It's okay. Yeah. What you just say what you mean. You have nothing to worry about. You're a good person. She's six. What you're She's saying six. is that little these another the younger generation genuinely isn't concerned or preoccupied yeah. by that. But that yeah. doesn't mean they can't recognize the humanity of it. And she's six, so she's too young to know. No, you know what it means. Yeah. It was more like, like that's for- that's a woman on. Well, I shouldn't say woman. Say girl. That girl looks like me. Yeah. And I was like, I was like, yeah, baby. I, I I work with I work with women. Miss Miss Nicole, who I work with all the time. And she's oh, like, if you ever yeah. called Miss Katie, I would I would just puke on spot. No, she wouldn't. She didn't say. She didn't say Miss Miss Katie. I'm just um, saying, if you ever, if if anyone ever oh, calls me that, Miss though. Katie, I'd be like, oh boy, that's a problem. I've been armed. Mm. Um, but it's like I was just curious about the the representation part because. Um, and these are decisions that get made beyond my pay grade, obviously, but like you want to have that generation of fans, right? You want to have that generation of fans and viewers coming up who are like, they feel represented by what they, what they see spouting those numbers back at them or spouting the top 10 or whatever it is. So I just, I wasn't sure if you were like, Hey, my brother likes sports center. My dad likes sports center. Cause he had a mustache like Olbermann or whatever. (laughs) You're like, and you're like, well, you know, I didn't see. God, I'm no, it was probably that. It was probably representation, Robin but Roberts. I think m- more so too. It was yeah. just like Sports Center is, and I love it, and it's and it 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 does wonders for this network, and you're great at it, and yada yada. It's a it's one type of program, and for yeah. me, I'm like a I'm a different. I don't I don't really watch like news shows that way either. I can't. I read news. I need to read it. I need to see it to understand it. Like it's less. I'm less visual. I guess I'm more. Like I would used to watch, I wasn't allowed to watch a lot of TV growing up, but I used to, they would run 
Saturday Night Live reruns on E in the afternoon and I would sneak yeah. away to watch them or talk. It was called Talk Soup back then. Yes. Came the soup. That was, I would just like consume that nonstop. <laughs> I was like, give me this. He's yeah. kind of telling me the news, but I'm laughing and it doesn't yeah. feel like school. Everything else sounds like school to me. And I had undiagnosed ADD. So I was like, <laughs> I hate school, but this is funny. And so I, it's, it, you know, watching ESPN growing up, I never for a second thought that's where I was going to go. Yeah. But then once it became an option, like a realistic next step, like when I was at Fox and it started becoming this thing that was like, do you want to go to ESPN? I was like, oh, I didn't know I could go to ES. Like, <laughs> yes, I would love to go to ESPN. Are you sure yeah. that they want me? <laughs> uh, but it was, you know, it's fun and it's exciting. And it's, it, but I do sometimes miss, I, I hear you talk about like, oh, I could see my whole life. I was like, God, I wish I for a second was like, oh, I see it. I know what I'm going to do. Well, but I, I can tell I you now. So uh, it's exciting. It's it's so yeah, scary, yeah. but yeah. it's exciting. Yeah, it is. It is. And it, like the the part of it, this is the last, this will be the last downer part. But this, uh, so I got to, <laughs> I got divorced on Monday and the God, next day. Wait, see, wait, this not yet. Not like this Monday. This Monday, Monday. Of you this just, Monday. just now. I'm thinking we're talking about something that happened. Over no. like the summer. It takes a long time. Okay. Long so time. you got to, today is Wednesday. Yes. My God. Yeah. Yeah. So, so <sighs> Monday and then Tuesday was my, would have been my mom's 67th birthday. Oh my God, Randy. In 26, December 26th. So uh, I was, it was, it was a reminder of the loss of like a safety net. And I don't know if you, I don't know if you ever thought this way or if you need it ever. Um, but I always thought like, well, you know, and I thought about it during the pandemic too. It was like, cause everything stopped and and we're suddenly working two days, three days, every two weeks. And it was like, well, what if they take that away? And mm -hmm. what if they go? They did. Yeah. What if they go beyond this and they take more? And, and then what if they're just like, Hey, we can't pay anybody. And what if sports never come back and you really start spiraling? I did. And I, did I was too. like, back in the day, it was like, well, not back in the day. I mean, before December, 2016, it was like, well, I could always, we could always move home. We could always go to my mom's house. And, um, that included me and my now ex-wife and now three kids. And like, um, we could always do that. That was always an option. And, um, the safety net, that particular safety net's gone. And then the way my wife and I always, my ex-wife and I always did, you know, contracts was like, we never wanted to be out of work at the same time. So it was like, if my deal was up, there was always like a year or so remaining on hers and vice versa. And that's really smart. Well, yeah. uh, <laughs> it can but, still be smart. Even yeah. if something else happened that made it not work anymore, it was still yes, yes. smart, but it's gone. That safety net's gone. Yeah. So it's like, all right, like I'm all, you know, it's, that's sort of it for now is like, it's all, uh, it's exciting but it, I'm also all I've got. So if all I've got is having a panic attack while the kids sleep upstairs, or if all I've got is having these awful ghost dad thoughts, you're just like, Hmm. Okay. Well, all you've got is like, you know, expiring hamburger meat, which is why that came to mind. I don't know. No, that's, I'm just, out. I'm surprised you have food in your fridge. I guess when you have kids, you have to do stuff like that, but I haven't <laughs> had food in my fridge in a very long so, time. So that part, is is like um 
that's ex- when you say exciting, I'm trying to, I'm trying to look at it in a positive way. I'm trying to look at it as like exciting. And now you can hey say you, yes to more you, at work. Maybe you or, got you know, divorced on Monday and Monday. it's, and it's Wednesday. So it's okay. If you're not ready to see it as exciting yet, uh, <laughs> you've got plenty of time to be excited. Yeah. You should, you are still allowed to be processing it. You are still allowed to be thinking about it and feeling yeah. sad about it, feeling probably angry about it, feeling mad, feeling, you know, you're yeah. allowed to feel your feelings. You don't have to do it here. I actually don't recommend you do, but you're welcome to. You yeah. just have to do it because you can't be like, well, off I go into the, it's like, you got to take care. That's part of taking care of you. It's like on the days that you feel it's different with kids. I understand that. But on the days that you feel like being sad, you just got to kind of be sad and let yourself yeah. feel that way. Otherwise it's going to come back up later and you're going to be like, Whoa, what's this? I don't like this. Yeah. yeah the squashing it down. What's this? Talladega nights or something where he's like, yeah, I'm just going to push that down. And he's like, yeah, yeah, yeah don't ever bring it up again. He goes, no, nope, I'll just squash it. No, that's kind of, yeah, that's kind of it. But I, I, uh, <laughs> I think um, th- th- there's a level of uh, there's a level of grief to it. Um, Absolutely where you're mourning, um, you know, you're, the life that you had, right. The dream or visualization or whatever that you saw and, and, and lived and is gone. Um, and then there's the, uh, there's the, uh, the, the, the loss of like the almost like blissful, um, God, red pill, blue pill matrix thing where you're like, I took the wrong pill. <laughs> like, like suddenly someone snuck the wrong pill into my thing. Like I wanted to be blissfully ignorant about the fact that any of this could even happen, let alone, holy crap, what, what version of this am I in where it's actually happening right now? So I, there's, there's that part too. There's in, and it's just, you know, wrestling with it. Um, and, and understanding that like, oh, there are people that I've, you know, I don't want to say, idolize like people that I've just sort of scrolled through on a timeline and been like, well, she lives in New York and she's killing it. And, oh, he's here and he's got a family and they have a beach house wherever. And, you know, you're, you're like, they, they po- could not possibly be anything less than like just absolutely loving extra time off or the pandemic or whatever it is. And I think realizing through you and through, I keep saying Julie, Sarah Spain's been that way too. Like just people who have, who have said like, Hey, no, like I'll, you make, you make a joke about it. And which I also appreciate, mm-hmm. uh, but that it, the whole, it's, it's okay to not be okay. Part is like, it's exploded this last year for me and it's, it's important. And if it, if it can help a sports center anchor, um, you know, maybe it can help help somebody else too, who is one of the tens of hundreds of thousands of people who've maybe lost a job over this last year too, you know, who doesn't have work to throw themselves into and, um, and, uh, uses, you know, like, a something that's not spinning out of control. I really appreciate you coming on here. It, this is a, a very, uh, very like delicate moment in your life. And it really means a lot to me that you, that you wanted to talk and to me about it. I'm an oversharer, obviously. <laughs> I think we have Same. 71 minutes of that, but uh, I wouldn't have done it with someone that 
I felt would have gotten off the zoom and been like, <laughs> this no, no, this man. Guy's losing his mind. I'm like, I'm like yeah. feeling guilty about letting you go. I, oh. I just want to keep talking to you. If you want to keep talking. No, I, I, what, I mean, give me something in sports to care about because that's a, a sad thing that has come from a, a side effect of this pandemic and my depression is that uh, because I devoted myself to work for so long and was so, I don't know if myopic. it's myopic or myopic because I heard uh, Pablo Torre say myopic and I was like, it's well, you're that. smarter than me. So now no. I feel like I have to say that he's wrong. It is myopic. Yeah. Yes. Okay. I've been so myopic and singularly focused that uh, the, the hardest thing for this all for me was when that stopped and I had to realize that like, oh, I kind of became part of the machine and I thought I was raging against it, but I was absolutely part of it, helping <laughs> it do whatever it is that it does yeah. at the expense of myself. And so uh, I had to, I kind of, I like lost my love, my like original love of sports because it was so closely connected to what I did for work and then work wasn't going how I wanted it to go. And so it was like watching this hurts my feelings. I'm not doing it anymore, which was very yeah. difficult because it's also like, well, when I don't want to do something, I usually watch sports. So what am I supposed to do now? Yeah. Um, and you had to be a sports center host when no sports were happening yeah all of that combined i know that's not a question but all no, of no. that combined is just like how has your relationship with sports been this year and oh. what's getting you through all of that stuff they i'm so thankful for it so i and i and i've you know dovetailing off of everything you just said i, I don't want to feel like i'm dismissing what you said because i don't know no, that same all. way if 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 what your identity um professionally and otherwise is tied into something that because the career, your career for whatever reason, isn't going in the exact avenue that you want. Um, yeah. I'd be frustrated by the thing that fuels that. Of course I would, I would grow to resent it uh, at the very least for me when it went away. I mean, we're talking like late March. We did a couple of weeks of shows where uh, it was like, this is canceled. This is canceled. MLS thinks they can do something in May. We're not sure. Nope. MLS is canceled. You know, it was, it was like the worst negative news all the time. And then a hiatus of, I want to say about a month and then we came. No, no. I think right away it went to like three shows every two weeks. And because they were lowering, that's what it was. They were limiting the number of people on campus, like the literal head count. They were like, we can't justify having this many people and tight rooms and whatever else. Um, and when that went away, I was like, I don't care what it looks like when it comes back. I don't care if there are fans or not. I'm never going to take this for granted. And I mean, armchair psychology is like, oh, you just had something else that you banked on in your life that was fundamentally changed and mm -hmm. for lack of a better term, taken away. So, okay, you're overreacting, but man, maybe that's it. Maybe that's what's um, fueled my gratitude for sports. Like I was so ooh, uh, pessimistic about there being a football season. I, I didn't see how that game Me too. close quarters and all of that. I didn't play fantasy football for the first season in a while because I was like, I'm not getting my hopes up about this season oh. only for it to be canceled halfway through and it to look like it was going to be the year I win. Like I just yeah. can't do that. That's... I couldn't take that. I like protected myself. I sheltered myself from yeah. sports weirdly no. because I let them in so far that they can hurt me really bad. And I was <laughs> yeah. not ready for more pain this year. I get that. And I'm so surprised that I didn't um, default to that myself. Uh, I would have done that. I am in like, let me ask you this. Okay. So in your career at any point, have you ever, okay. When you get offered a job, do you immediately 
maybe not on social media, but do you immediately like tell your friends and family or do you wait, wait, wait until there's no way they can take it back? I wait until I definitely have it. See, I wait until I sign because I'm so fearful. That's yeah. Of, that's what I mean. Till it's okay. Till it's okay. not like I'm being considered and it's not like you're, it's for you. It's like till the contract is yeah. done. Yeah. So, yeah. so I did the opposite of that with sports. Now that I think about it because I was like, Hey, week one of the football season. Oh my God, it happened and no positive tests. And Oh, this is amazing. And then who was it? The Vikings Vikings had issues with COVID. Uh, oh yeah. Who even, what was the, was the Vikings the first team? It feels like a million say, years ago. I want to say the Vikings did. It does. It feels like forever ago. But when it, when those started popping up, I was like, yeah, here we go. It's, it's, Falcons? It, you know, no, know. it's going to be over. Falcons did. Falcons had a rookie player against the bears, a rookie cornerback or defensive back test positive after the fact. And it was like, I remember thinking, well, they're going to have to shut the bears down. They're going to have to shut the Falcons I mean, down. Cam and Newton had it. There goes the season. Like, yeah. On the, the half, the, not half the Patriots team, but half the Patriots team was like, I'm not doing this season. It was uh-huh. like, what? Tom yeah. Brady was during the pandemic. Tom Brady was during lockdown. Tom Brady yeah. left and went to Tampa Bay on St. Patrick's day, a very ho- sacred holiday in Boston. Yeah. Uh, while we were on lockdown. It's also sacred in the very near Boston suburbs in which I live. So yeah, like, like, I, like we don't need to keep saying the name of the place, but yeah, no, like that's totally or Wayland right. and, um, or that place or that or Framingham, <laughs> by the way, Framingham, what is the, uh, What's the karaoke? This is what we should have done. This is the podcast. Uh, samba, sushi samba. Thank you. Karaoke and hibachi. That's right. It's awesome. Amazing. It's awesome. Uh, that's you're probably if you're there, it depends on when you're there. That's uh, you're probably with my whole high school. So tell them all I said hello. Okay. Yes. I, I might have been. I was there in February of 2020. Um mm. and what was my karaoke song of choice? I'm very glad you asked. It's mm. always the Dan Band version of Total Eclipse of the Heart. Oh, uh, yeah, of course. So, I think it's time to update that. Is it? I think, you, I think still... so. I think it's a little, you're like borderline hack, but you know what? Right now, if it brings you joy, f- screw me. That doesn't, who cares what That's I think? Interesting. It's beautiful and it's perfect if it makes you happy. Did you just Cheryl Crow this thing? I just tried to take away something that means a lot to you and brings you joy. It's like, it's time for you to change. And you're like, <laughs> all right, lady, no, what no, about no. letting me take care uh, of myself? But I was, I was there, God, I was there in February, I remember. And, um, but yeah, frame in the Zaf, is it Zaftig's deli? In, there is, is it, a Zaftig's deli, but I don't think it's in Framingham. That's, that's yeah, no, that's, that's yeah. Native. Either way, so Boston, Brady, Brady got us through those first couple of weeks after the pandemic. Um, and, and, uh, I've just been like very much appreciative of things that haven't let me down over the mm. last year. And so for sports to come back for college football, to get its season in for the NFL, to get its season in for the NBA, to do pull off the bubble the way they did. Um, I'm, I'm still a big baseball fan and I'm hoping that this season is better than last. Um, and I, I just, it's uh, for me, it, it cut the opposite way. I think than it did for you where, I was like a little bit of a kid again with it where I was just appreciative of the fact that it was on and happening yeah. as opposed to what is this going to mean for our show? And what is this going to mean for my fantasy team and my, you know, fill in the blank um, it was rights fees and all this other stuff. It was just more like these games are on and my job is still there. And, uh, <laughs> and I still get to do this. And it's this part of my life that is uh, 
still holding up this wobbly ass table. You know, <laughs> it's this leg that's still there. So, um, I kind of zagged the, I didn't mean to get all, uh, Ted Lasso. What? I wouldn't know. I don't know. I, don't, it all. I haven't seen it. He's so positive. Oh, you keep doing a circle and just so you know, a lasso is a loop of rope. And so I guess it maybe that's like, the whole point of Ted Lasso is that where you end is right where you started. So I'm going to end this by asking you by basically the way that I got back on or that mm-hmm. I got on. Can I come back and be like more sports? Joke? Yeah, yeah. You should, like, you can come back Tom and Brady, we can make, Brady, yeah, please. we can talk about like stuff that you like and we can talk about whatever you want to. I'm going to have Pablo back because he, he talks and we didn't even get to half the things I wanted to say. So you are, you have an open, once you're here, you have a standing invitation, but you also have to know that that means that you are, if there's a situation in which, and this happens a lot where I, uh, I mess up and I forget to book somebody or I like don't have anybody, you are going to be on the short list of like, you ready right now? I need (laughs) you. Let's go. If it's Wednesday, if it's Wednesday night, if it's Wednesday after what, what, Whatever time Randy, we started. I'm not going to okay. keep track of your schedule. It's too much for me. I can't even keep track of my own. I'm going to shoot you the text and then you can say, I told you not to do this unless it was Wednesday night. And I'll go, <laughs> I told you I wasn't going to remember. And then we go on our way as friends forever. All right. We got it. We got it. Katie, I appreciate it. Thank you for bullying your way onto my podcast <laughs> through my Twitter mentions when I couldn't fall asleep at yes, 430 ma'am. in the morning. I really appreciate it. Yeah, but there's one positive to the schedule that I keep that you now memorized. It's 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 that. Okay, hi, it's just Katie now, and I have to do this ad read. I didn't want to interrupt any of that. That felt like a, um, I'm a, I, I hope it was helpful to somebody out there because I think do, what he just did is very difficult and like profoundly difficult. And I, I didn't want to interrupt that to tell you about Full Sail University's Dan Patrick School of Sportscasting, but I do have to tell you about... Uh, Full Sail University's Dan Patrick School of Sportscasting. So if it's okay with you guys, I'm going to do that now. Travis is here. He's on mute. And he's laughing at me. So I just want to let you know, like, this is, it's weird for all of us. This is what we signed up for is to do a podcast that might go there. And then it goes there. And you're like, well, now we have to go to Dan Patrick's School of Sportscasting. Um, that's it. Uh, that's it for this week's edition of sports. Shout out to, again, Full Sail University's Dan Patrick School of Sportscasting. I guess it's the F- FSU. D P S O S. That's right. Um, and shout out to any other podcast that airs on ESPN's platform. Let's do the Mina Kimes show featuring Lenny because we didn't, we don't have anything else to promote or Pamani. Pamani does Mabani still have two or does he just have one? And sports center AM. Well, that's not a podcast, Travis. Well, you know, Randy Scott. Okay, well, go listen to SportsCenter AM with Randy Scott. First take, her take, produced by Christina. Okay, Travis, I didn't say name every podcast. Listen, I forgot to put it down there, so I'm taking the L on this one. Yeah, Give me some okay. options. That's all right. Uh, and you know what? A big thanks to you. A big thanks to Randy. I don't know if I said that yet. A huge thanks to Randy. And a big thanks to you guys for listening and for being the kind of audience where somebody can come on and do that. It's super important to me. Um I appreciate that I have an audience that can be empathetic and can and can be, you know, talked to about stuff that's uh, tough. This is tough stuff, but we're all in this together. And if you're going through something similar, I bet this would be a helpful thing to hear. So I'm here to try to make you feel better. Um, so you can only, you don't only, you you can listen to it once is fine. I'm not going to yell at you into listening to it a bunch more times, but you know, share it with somebody if you think it'll help them, even if they're not a sports fan, because I don't think we talk that much about sports but I, I, I forget. Um, or you can always leave a review. 
wherever you're listening to this podcast. Uh, we read them. Travis, mostly. Travis reads them. And I, sh- I bet he's got one on his phone right now. No? Because I can... No, I have one. You're right. This was the week that I was going to do it. And I have it. And let me say, before I get to this review that I'm already looking at and I have pulled up and I put into the doc and was prepared, what a cool... <laughs> the problem is I've I've done this twice of like, let me just say, you guys are awesome. And, and I should have saved it for when I didn't have a review. Um, oh, that's not fun. I mean, it's fun, but it's not. Here's the- here's one from Jojo Knows All. Okay. Uh, they labeled it as who's a good girl. And then it was just five stars. Katie and Ashley. Nice. I was going to read this one from GM number 25, which means he's the, whatever the 25th uh, football team is. He's the GM of that. We should. Look Wait, is that, that a burner account? Uh, it sounds like it. The review is called Ashley. It's five stars. And it says, hello, Katie. Loved Ashley on the podcast. You guys should do a podcast together. Love you. Mean it. Uh, I love you guys and I mean it. This is um You guys should do a podcast. I don't know up, if you thought Travis. About that. Shut up, Travis. <sighs> don't forget you can always leave leave us a voicemail at 860-506-5571. Say goodbye, Travi. Goodbye, Katie. Travi Trav. You know you're saying goodbye to the people, not to me. Goodbye, people. Nice. Bye, guys. Love you. Mean it. Did you think I was saying that I only love you, Travis, and I mean it to you? This whole time, I thought you were just letting me know that ah, you are really ah. appreciate me as a producer. I'm like, first first host ever say I love you to me every time. I'm like, well, I must be doing a really good job. Well, it's to everybody else. Love you. Mean it. <laughs>